Hello and welcome to the Last Looks podcast, a show where we catch up with talented hairstylists and makeup artists in the film and television industry. We'll pick their super creative brains and find out all the good stuff. Join me, your host, Jamie Lee, in finding out what's what in the hair and makeup departments around the world. Now it's time for Kit Corner, where we shine a spotlight on artists who've created products with the film and television industry in mind. Products designed by artists for artists. Hi, Robin. Hi, how's it going? Good, good. Hey, now you're a makeup artist and you have developed a reusable mat for your workstation called the Rebe mat. Now, how did this all come about? So I was in a search for a mat that I could use at my own station. I was actually looking for something very specific um, and I couldn't find it. I wanted something to be eco-friendly. I wanted something easy to clean. I wanted something to look good. Um, And I also wanted something anti-skid on the bottom so it didn't move and I couldn't find anything, so I decided to make one on my own. And after I started making them on my own and bringing them to sets, I would get other makeup artists and hairstylists asking where I got them, and so I would tell them, oh, I make them myself. So then I started handing out as wrap gifts, and they started taking them to other sets. And all of a sudden, I was getting all these Instagram requests for these mats. And so I decided to make my own business to support our industry because we needed something very specific that was made for us. So I own small business, woman-owned, family-oriented, and the mat is still handmade by me and my family with love. And we love all the support that we have been given since our start middle of last year. That is very cool. Now you're a businesswoman. Woohoo! I know, right? <laughs> kind of scary. <laughs> does the Ruby mat come in different colors and sizes? It does. So we have over 20 colors currently, and we also come out with different colors seasonally. So you always want to check back to see what we have going on. And then we also have two standard set sizes. The first one is 12 by 24, and that one is the size of those disposable setup towels that you see. And then the second one is 18 by 32, which is perfect for those day playing roll away wooden makeup stations. And then I also do custom sizes. So if anyone needs anything in particular, like a massive one or a teeny tiny one, you can contact me and I can make something very specific for your needs. That's great, Robin, and they look amazing. I've seen the color selection and it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) What are some of the more common questions that you get asked about the mat? So one from hairstylists is if I can use hot tools on it. Unfortunately, it is vinyl, so we cannot use hot tools on it because it will burn. Um, But I have plenty of hairstylists who do use them. They just use one of those silicone heat pads next to the Reby mat. And then also, we always get asked how you clean it. The easiest way, and I do it between every makeup applications and it's super quick, is I just spray it down with alcohol and wipe it with the tissue. It's the quickest, easiest way. You can also use a disinfectant wipe if you want to be extra careful. But yeah, it's super easy to clean between all your setups. That's amazing. And where can people purchase the mat? 
So I do have a website. It's called therebemat.com. T-H-E-R-E-B-B-E-M-A-T.com. And yeah, you can find everything there. And if you have any questions, if you don't see something you want, you can always contact me directly through my Instagram, which is the Mat, and I can help you myself. And I would love to give a discount code to everyone listening. 15% off at checkout. Just put in last looks and it'll give you that 15% off. That's so awesome. Thanks, Robin. Of course. Thanks for having me. Today, we speak with Damien Martin and Adam Johansson from Odd Studios in Australia. They tell me how Odd Studio was born. We talk about the incredible creatures and characters they have been lucky enough to create and what they look for when hiring artists for their team. Let's chat with some good old Aussie blokes. Petrified. Last looks. Rolling. And action. Hey guys, welcome to the Last Looks podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for inviting us. You're welcome. Hey, so you guys are located in Sydney, Australia, and you have the prosthetics and creature effects company, Odd Studio. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's start with how you guys met and started working together. Damien, let's start with you. We, We met back in 1998 on a television series called Farscape, which was a Henson production that was shot at Fox Studios. All the pre-production was done at um, it done in the UK at Henson's and then they set up shop over here. So as a UK crew came out and Adam and I were the first two Australians in the creature shop. So yeah, we met over 22 years ago now. So that was just in the, that was in the creature shop. So did you guys um, make it onto set at all? Uh, no, it did make it onto set. I would do a lot of applying makeups in the morning and then going you know, making sure everything was all right and then my assistant would go on set and look after the character and then I'd go back to the workshop to do running of the next, you know, new appliances or pre-paints or, um, yeah, any number of getting oh, nice. the next round of creatures and characters ready um, along with, a, you know, there were about 20 of us. So it's quite a big crew. Mm. That's nice having that variety. It was, it was, and it was such a hungry beast that we really, we, we made so much <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> over the course of that. Um, four seasons. You sure did. Four seasons, but 22 episodes a season. Oh, yeah. Like it used to be. It's never like yes. that anymore. It's like eight <laughs> to yeah. 14 or something crazy like that. It's like, no, mm. I want more. Yeah. Mm. It was a season. A season was nine months of the year. So it was um, a huge chunk of work for us. And then how did Odd Studio come about? Well, it was sort of, uh, there was a whole few years there during those Farscape years was, um, you know, like I said, nine months of the year was Farscape. And then uh, a couple of months in between that with Pro projects like Matrix and Star Wars films that we would sort of jump from from Farscape to to those films and we were just always working on the same projects and we worked really well together. I was running the mold department so I was a more workshop based I guess and then I'd go on set occasionally with um, different characters and things. Yeah we just worked really well together and it was at the end of Revenge of the Sith, actually, Star Wars. That, um, but you know, Damien and I have had the same sort of upbringing in terms of the effects, and we always knew that we, you know, would love to have our own company mm-hmm. and really love running projects ourselves. We ran different departments, so we'd, we'd sort of discussed possibly forming a company at some point, and it just seemed like that was a good time to do it. You know, end of end of Star Wars. Five of us got together and created odd originally it was just odd and then um yeah the five became three and then Mm -hmm. three became two yeah i'm sure that's a little easier to manage is it It, it (laughs) yes (laughs) 
five was way too top heavy. So with some of those films that you just mentioned, like the Matrix films and the Star Wars ones, what what were you guys responsible for within those films? The, the Star Wars films were, I was a bit, bit of both Creature Shop and Costume Props. I was in Costume Props for the Star Wars films. So I was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the last one was working on the Darth Vader suit and all the, all the armor, the Wookiee armor and, and everything. The Attack of the Clones was, again, Costume Props. So um, more costumes, actually. Than, than creatures. Is that both of you? Or? Well, no, I was in the creature shop on episode two and three, but on okay. both of those I left early. On uh, on episode two I had a, a round-the-world trip booked um, before I landed that job. I'm sorry, bailing on Star Wars? Bailing on – oh, no, don't. It gets, it gets better. <laughs> it, gets, it gets better. I did it twice. <laughs> um, Madness. On the third film I got um, asked, to, asked to work on a, a film which nobody's heard of called Man-Thing and supervise the creature suit. Build on that mm-hmm. um, and it was just a sort of smaller crew, I suppose, yeah. with more responsibility for me. So I – I left that, yeah, you know, so I finished up on Man-Thing at the same time. Those guys, uh, Adam and our other friends, finished up on um, Star Wars. Okay. And what about the Matrix films? The Matrix films uh, was sort of um, set deck for me, so the huge statues and things were, we were producing. Um, it wasn't on Matrix for a, a huge point. No. Yeah, that was, and that was the second and third films, not the first one. I went in and did a couple of makeup effect gags, you know, like getting maced in the head, and, and then did a lot of work fitting all the um, fitting and, and supervising the finishing of the um, Agent Smith masks for the big Agent Smith battle fight scene with all the, the multiple Agent Smiths in there. That's how they were doing it. Okay. Yeah, it was a combination. They had dummy dummy heads, mm-hmm. so one row of dummy heads, and then a row of actual people with agent smith masks behind them and they were sort of operating the head turns on the dummy heads and that's just creepy yeah yeah (laughs) 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 so now odd studio has been involved in some pretty amazing projects what were the ones that you've been like kids in a candy store working on that you're just like i cannot believe we are doing this right now (laughs) Um, yeah there's a there's a few there's a few Um, Yeah, yeah. We've been very blessed, actually. But well, Star Star Wars: The Revenge of the Sith for me was a huge one because I was sort of one of the films I got into. Creatures was the original Star Wars, so creating the Darth Vader suit was uh, a massive. And you know, George Lucas Star Wars Darth Vader, I didn't think that could ever be topped, and that was still certainly up there. I'm very, very lucky to have been involved with it. It was only five people that um, got their names engraved on the inside of his helmet. So, and I was one of them. So it's, a, it's pretty nerdy, but um, it was a great, you know, as a child, like I said, I was absolutely obsessed. So for me, it was uh, Star Wars, um, but, you know, Mad Max, uh, you know, yeah. and, and also Alien Covenant with Ridley Scott and being creature, yeah. creature effects supervisor on an Alien film for Ridley Scott is I don't, I, yeah, it was amazing. It was really, really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Alien was one of those films that also got me into it. So Star Wars and Alien, um, yeah, pretty huge. So, so you've like 
you've done it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Retirement <Yeah>. time. <laughs> Retirement, yeah. So yeah. on Alien Covenant, what were you guys responsible for doing in that? Like what I, I understand there's just so many elements going on with that. Yes, yeah, so that was a huge one. And that was yeah. sort of one of my yeah. favorite projects because of the diversity of work as well. Uh, you know, there are some some great projects that we've, we've been involved with um, that are predominantly prosthetics. Like I mentioned before, some costume work, some, some prop work occasionally but uh, alien covenant was a great mix of all you know prosthetics creature effects puppets all practical sort of old school stuff yeah set creature based set pieces and yeah, mm. yeah so it was uh she mentioned so it was connor o'sullivan's company creatures inc came over from the uk and i sort of met up with with connor before the, the film sort of happened here and then i sort of he was sort of super supervising i was supervising we sort of brought odd studio and creatures inc together so it was a combined company venture and it was really lovely actually um it had a great time working with those guys and met some you know wonderfully talented people um mm. from the uk and yeah, we at one point I think we were about forty-five people in in the creature shop, and yeah, yeah we had when I first met with Connor, there wasn't going to be. It was mainly a few puppets here and there and some prosthetic effects. But as the project sort of kicked off, uh, Ridley really mm. did want the creatures, people in suits, you know. Uh, so we ended up just very quickly. Our workload increased by 200%. It was just like all of a sudden what we discussed for months was sort of, you know, that plus all these full creature suits of the Xenomorph and the Neomorph. Uh, And then, yeah, so we had animatronics, creatures, puppets, prosthetics, just you name it. We we sort of, you know, um, built it on Alien. And, um, yeah, yeah, that's why it sort of remains probably my favourite experience at the moment. Yeah, Yeah, so even things that ultimately wound up being CG, there were practical versions of it on set for him to shoot and light and and for the visual effects people to reference. You just had to get everything ready to be 100% or...? Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah we, we really did finish everything to 100%. And, I mean, we had a pretty good indication and a fair idea that a lot of it uh, was going to be replaced by CG. But Ridley really, right. really loved Ridley's style and he, he loves to have things on set and, and he uses the the practical elements to, to work out, you know, how he wants to shoot something. So, I mean, we were certainly kept on our toes. We would have these storyboards and really, really discuss, you know, all, how we're going to shoot something, what we were going to build and get on set and Ridley would sort of flip that and just kind of like change his change his mind and 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 I love that as well. You certainly you know have to be ready for almost anything, and um, yeah, it was yeah we'd have everything uh, fully built and shot on, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was it, we, it was a crazy pace we worked at though. Um, yeah, was, it was nine. That project again was a. I think I was on it for nine months, and I was pretty shattered at the end. <laughs> I mean, we all were, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. So with the is it animatronics you said? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Do you guys build that? I mean, do you have a background in electronics, like how all that works, or do you have? Do people specialize in building that? Like, how does that work? We do have people specialize in animatronics, right. and yeah. So I mean, we all kind of 
we, we like to, Damien and I like to cross over and, and do everything that we can, but there are certainly yeah. artists that are better at certain things than, than we are and specialise in certain areas. Um, so for me personally, I was more of a supervisory role. I would get to sculpt. I, I love sculpting and designing and applying makeup. So I, I still had my hands in that and I was a lot of, you know, lucky to do to do some of that. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we left the, you know, the animatronics to, to the professionals on, on that one. And, uh, yeah, we had four, five, five of animatronic people at one point were you both going to set at different times were you on set too Damien no I was so I was in the I was mostly paint finishing um Mm -hmm. as well as sort of yeah supervising some of the the workshop goings on I also had my first daughter during that time my first and only daughter during during the um pre-production of that so that was added another layer of you were busy yeah (laughs) exhausting there um, but for that reason yeah trying to trying to maintain hours and, and support my partner as well so not go, not going on set was quite advantageous for that reason yeah I have a question that it may be a stupid question but with with the with the alien <laughs> with all that stuff that comes out of their mouth did you guys have to do any of that like what is that what did you use uh all the slime you mean like all the yeah you and it's just lots and lots of methicil, <laughs> really. Yeah. Just slime. Just like yeah, different yeah. truck tons of it. Tons yeah. of it and different consistencies of it. Um, yeah, so it was like KY and methicil and, and blood, just kind of like goop. Ridley was, you know. He, Ridley loves He'd to love get in it. there himself. So, yeah, he does. He really does love it. And he would get in there and he, you know, would often I'd be dressing something and he'd come in right next to me and he'd be like, yeah, you know, calling for yogurt and things like that from catering to, to dressing you know, and pasta and yogurt and, and things, just, just <laughs> real textures and on, onto the pieces and uh, was always sort of always repeating. Yeah. Well, that's what he did on the original Alien. So he loved oh, he loved uh, letting cool. us all know that this is what he did on that one, which was really, yeah. really fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it always, it always is cool when, when the boss is getting in there and um, absolutely getting in their hands dirty. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a good time. Um, what was one of your favorite, I guess, rigs or puppets or animatronic creatures that you did on that? What was your standout moment? I think for us, or certainly for myself, the doing doing the xenomorph, which is the the beast, the the alien, yeah, of all aliens, uh, the thing that gives people nightmares. Yes, exactly. So being able to <laughs> uh, give Rid- Ridley um, an earlier version of of that creature that we've seen in we've all seen in alien was was yeah that that was the high point just being involved in that such an iconic design uh giga Mm. design that it was like yeah i mean yeah i don't really know how you top that so it would definitely be that but yeah it it was that the face hugger yeah all those all those classic creatures that have that just haven't aged design wise you know they're Mm -hmm. uh, timeless in in that sort of sense that they're just as effective as as a scary you know out of space creature today as they yeah they were 30 years ago absolutely mm. and you guys got to build a whole bunch of the um eggs as well right yes <laughs> yes yes yeah, there was a there was a whole set i mean there was a couple of the best sets i've been on i think was the, the egg room and yeah. you know fox we filmed it at fox so they, they built the egg room and uh, also david's lab which was a whole bunch of um uh crazy ai's uh you know inventions and creatures and 
failures of failed experiments and yeah that's so cool it was so fun i i hear that fury road was like you guys were running crazy amounts of everything for that yeah that was pretty hungry yeah there were a lot of appliances <laughs> for that because pretty much you know almost everyone had a at least an Morton brand on them right and was it was someone just sculpting their little heart out constantly uh, yeah we did a lot of that here in sydney before we went so yeah that was a lot of that was done in the pre and then there's some more stuff was done while we were over there uh but just the constant you know that was a, another job we would go out in the morning um apply you know apply the prosthetics in the morning leave a couple of crew mm-hmm. behind to look after as, as best they could when you know the cars just all took off um and try and patch it up patch them up when they got back and then the rest of us would go back to the to a little workshop we'd had set up in what was a childcare center <laughs> empty childcare center um <laughs> <laughs> down by the beach yeah we so we were in there and we'd just be running 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 and ready getting ready for the next day as well as working on any gags that were coming up yeah did you move your whole kind of operation over there you weren't sending anything over from australia or anything like that yeah, damien went over i stayed here at odd and initially there was a, a couple of pieces that sort of i was working on and it would go over but not a lot during the shoot no yeah that was just that that's right there were a few pieces that were still being finished when we went and then um yeah there were four four of us from australia in the in the prosthetics department and for um, mm-hmm. South African locals. Oh, wow. So were they experienced or were you teaching them? Uh, they were experienced um, to varying degrees. You know, obviously we had Yaku, who was my sort of uh, second right-hand man. He had his own company over in um, Johannesburg. So he was experienced and then had a couple of more junior but still experienced crew. And But then it's sort of the way we we produced the prosthetics was sort of everyone does things their own way to a degree and has their own recipes and approaches and techniques. So sort of really spent, you know, time here before we went just streamlining, knowing how hungry it would be, just right, just here's a recipe for everything and this is our process. Right. Just something where you Lots could, of testing here, yeah. Lots of testing, that's right, and hand someone almost a recipe book and say, like, here's step one through 10, do this and, you know, things will turn out right each time and we won't fall behind. That's awesome. I think being able to have that time to actually test those things and set it up is, I mean, it's priceless yeah, really, isn't it? it? Is. Yes, it really is. And, and you can't plan for everything, but it just means you've ironed out a few yeah. things ahead of time and especially with sort of semi-unknown crew, like, you know, talking ahead of time and you're pretty sure what <laughs> of people's competency and all that, but until you get there and meet people. You never really know until, yeah, you're on the ground. Yeah. So with you guys working in the studio and on set, how do you kind of balance that? Is that difficult or is it just is helped because there's two of you? I definitely think it's it's a help that there, there is two of us. And I mean, even just discussing the, the, those projects, um, you know, we kind of often do take it in turns. One, one of us will take a bit more of a responsibility uh, than the other in terms of, you know, so we can overlap with, the, with, with projects as well. And yeah, I think we both love all aspects. So we do, we do yeah. both really do love working in the in the in the workshop and designing and sculpting, create, you know, doing building building things and getting our hands dirty. But seeing it right through and being on set is is great as well. And we really do love that. We have a we have a fantastic uh, team here, odd family, and and we're very blessed to have have them here and um, on most projects. So we've got got a good workflow. If Damon and I, you know, we're, we're really comfortable and confident that 
the other guys here can go on set, you know, and take care of and look after the makeups as well if, if we need to be back here. And and some some projects really do require, you know, you're shooting as you're building. So, you know, you it's it's yeah. you, know, you can't be on set and one person can't be on set and also supervising what's happening in the workshop all the time. So, yeah, it's definitely an advantage that there's two of us and that we've got a great team. Yeah, we're very lucky. Absolutely. So when you guys are looking for um, artists to work in the shop or come on set with you, all that type of stuff, what are you looking for? Yeah, we're really looking for uh, a a range of things. I mean, obviously, you know, quality of work is great, but personality is a huge one. Um, Mm. Just just someone that can really, um, that's fun to be around and works well in in a team. Uh, And, you know, there are no egos. So it's all people just just chipping in and, and working together is is such a huge quality that that we look for. And that that, that passion, <laughs> that passion, you know, just that people that want to that are that are excited about it and into it really comes across because there's an eagerness to learn and and work together, mm. and it often comes comes with less ego as well, which is nice. Yeah, when you're doing those kinds of hours, I think it's necessary, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, I was going to say that. You, um, yeah, for anyone that's sort of starting out, and we get so many people coming through here, and we take on work experience, and, and that's one of the biggies. It's like you really have to just be prepared to work crazy hours it really does have to be absolute passion because as you know jamie it's it's sort of not not normal hours <laughs> no so and if you if you didn't like what you were doing it would be, i can't even imagine it would be torturous like it would that's just be right horrid. you're gonna spend <laughs> 16 hours with a group of people <laughs> and you really want to get along and enjoy what you're doing <laughs> yeah absolutely not take yourself too seriously either Got to have no that's, that's right, right. <laughs> So when you guys, either when you were coming up or even throughout while you guys have been working, is there one piece of advice that somebody gave you at some point that you were just like, yes, that has really helped me throughout my career? Oh, uh, yeah. I feel like there's been a lot. But I, I think probably the first bit of advice I got when I started out, I did work experience at a company that was making animatronic puppets. And then from there went to uh, employment at a company that built animatronic characters for theme park rides. But um, okay. there was a there's a head puppeteer um, animatronic technician working at the, at the company that, where I did work experience. And, you know, I was always into making stuff as Damien was. Even as a kid, you know, I was always sculpting or drawing or just creating things. And I had a bunch of little things to show them. And they were, they were yeah. you know, encouraging. But, you know, this, this one guy was like, you know, um, you, you, no one's, you, there's always someone better than you. You know, you're just going to have to, you know, accept that there, there'll always be someone better and you need to use that as, you know, a, um, as inspiration to, to sort of better better yourself. And I remember thinking, I wonder why he's sort of saying that, you know, was it mm. to discourage me or not? But actually, yeah, I couldn't agree more that there's always someone to, to get inspiration from. There's always artists out there that um, are always inspiring me anyway mm-hmm. peers and, and colleagues and I think I don't know that that piece of advice was sort of well it wasn't really advice it was a statement but I took it as advice to you know yeah what about you Damien yeah oh, look, I've kind of um I, I don't really have one piece of advice that someone's given me but just the attitude that you should never be limited by not having access to things as an excuse to not be making and creating if you have a drive to do it you'll find a way to do that mm-hmm. um and yeah, that's that excuse. Oh, I can't do that because I don't have the right product. Um, you know, I was a, a bedroom, you know, terrible prosthetic 
<laughs> makeup artist when I was in, you know, in school, you know, putting yeah. together a crab, crabby little portfolio, but with nothing, you know, there was no access. There was some sort of theatrical mm. makeup makeup shops that I found, but mm-hmm. so, but it never never stopped me from giving it a go. And and if you couldn't get something, trying to find what we could substitute to, you know, what I could substitute to make things with. And I think that right across film, you know, that that being able to improvise and make things work is, is a really healthy it's been a really healthy tool in my toolkit yeah making something out of nothing <laughs> yeah yeah, <And> yeah. I, <laughs> no, no, that's right and I certainly think in Australia like being here like in those early Farscape days we we really did have to um with all the English guys coming over we had to find a lot of materials and be quite resourceful with things that weren't available here um yeah I think that that really, yeah, we love, we still do that. We're still looking for materials and things from other other industries that, that we could, um, yeah. well, we were always tinkering with processes and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. You're always troubleshooting, aren't you? It's That's right. Just- yeah. constantly trying to figure out how we're going to make that work. So I was interested in um, you guys did some work on The Invisible Man. Yes, that's right, yeah. It's a tricky one because it's sort of a bit of a spoiler. <laughs> it's a bit of a spoiler, yeah. 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 The, hang on, the, the film's out. The is film it out is out. It, it is out. Yeah. It is out, yes. Okay. Um, but, it, I mean, I guess it's tricky because it's sort of out at the cinemas, although you can stream it. So it's sort of, I guess, DVD release. But, yeah. Anyway, if you if you haven't seen it, maybe tune out now. But uh, if you've seen it, <laughs> if you've seen it, we we made we made the suit. So yeah, the Invisible Man suit is what Odd Studio designed and created a, a couple of versions of those. Um, and yeah, that was a such a a challenging, fantastic, crazy ride with with Lee Wannell, the director. We, we love working with Lee. It was so fun. His take on it was um, really unique and. I really enjoyed the film, but mm. um, I don't know if you've seen it, Jamie. But um, I haven't. So I was about to ask. So those who haven't seen it but would like to know what you are talking about, what mm. do you mean the suit? <laughs> he he achieved <laughs> the 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 invisibility. I'm I don't know where it's kind of. I'm like, like did you make someone invisible? Because this is yes. freaking me out. <laughs> yeah, and you can buy that now on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in the film, he achieves his invisibility via a, a suit, uh, okay. which is multiple cameras and sort of based on military tech. So it was a whole suit that covers every inch of your body with little mini cameras that sort of are recording and projecting. Terrifying. So, so the, the, one, the one that we built is not functional. <laughs> No, but where does this idea come from? Is this an actual thing that yeah. someone has yeah, been trying yeah. to make it's, or has made? It's been it's yes. been studied. Yeah, it's that someone people have tried to do it. So you're basically projecting what's behind you onto the front of you, um, filming from behind and sort of projecting for yeah, it's sort of like yeah. So it looks like you, well, you can't see because you're looking straight through something. Um, and so we did That's build, insane. yeah, we did mm. build the, the suits, and then of course uh, visual effects. Um, did a fantastic job on uh, sort of tweaking that and glitching the suit out. So there's lots of scenes where it's sort of half working, half not, sort of coming coming to. And then, you know, the lenses are all sort of, you know, the irises of the lenses are all working and things. That was all done, you know, visual effects. But the um, the challenge for us us was, was making a suit that was tiled in little hexagons. And mm. you can imagine, yeah, and we're talking f- – 
over around the fingers, uh, over the full head, it's hooded, like, you know, hands, feet, everything was, was covered in these. So trying to tie, and, and the so thing we. Super comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were the rubber I, tiles. <laughs> they were rubber, yeah. But, I mean, I was um, the guy who sort of modelled the suit. Uh, I, I was in the fitting here so we could work on it and so I got in the suit mm-hmm. quite a few times. I was quite similar similar size and shape to the stunt guy that was wearing it. So, um, yeah, it was it was warm. It was pretty claustrophobic. But, it, you know, it was just – I mean, they suit, suit creature suits cool. and things like that. Yeah, but it does. It does look pretty cool. When we were first, we were originally doing the designs on it. We tried a bunch of different looks and different scale of of lenses and things. And uh, Lee was really keen to have them all the same size, actually, which we knew straight right. from the get go was going to be the challenge. It's like, oh, he's picked a hard one, but it it definitely was the way to go. It definitely was yeah. the. Oh, it's really creepy, actually. And so what we came up with, I think, was pretty cool because when you're looking at it in in real life, it's sort of they're hard shapes that we 3D modeled and, and printed and tiled and then produced soft silicon versions of that. And they, it's sort of lo- looking at a hard, soft thing. So it was all these hard shapes, but like moving quite f- fluid, you know, in movement when in, when someone's wearing it. It was this weird, yeah, it almost yeah. looked like a real CG effect you know, right before your eyes. It was sort of your brain couldn't quite, yeah. Yeah, you can out. pick one focal point as soon as your eyes dance over it as it moves. It's quite interesting. That's awesome. And you guys did Little Monsters, right, with Lupita and, and Josh Gad? Yeah. Sure, I did. Was that fun? <laughs> yeah. That was so fun. <laughs> that was, was awesome. that your first zombie job? Or I imagine, no, you've no, done lots of zombies before. Zombies before. No. Yeah, that was yeah. the first job first with, with Abe. Yeah, first yeah. Oh, first Yes, it was a zombie film, that's true. Yeah, okay. uh, with Abe, yeah, and um, yeah, it was so much fun. I love working with Abe and and yeah, made awesome. up stories. Those guys, so great, and it really was genuinely one of the the funnest, if not the funnest, film. Um, we we all had so much fun with all the kids, and yeah, it, uh, Abe, it was just great. It was sort of really he came in initially to the to you know the initial meetings and you, you, having a look at the other zombies we'd done and was just like you know want you guys to sort of come up with something I uh, well, love love your work so it's sort of like um, I trust you guys to sort of play around with some different looking zombies I'm trying to uh, he would like you know to to explore the zombie thing and but trying to do something a little newer which is really hard in the zombie world because <laughs> everything's been done before had a bite at that apple. but nice yeah. that he had that trust in you guys to be able to kind of hand it over it was lovely more. yeah 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 um, yeah and and everything we sort of were like hey hey what do you, what do you think about this and what do you think about kid man and what do you think about um that and he's like yeah i love it do it <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what you want to hear that's, that's awesome yeah yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So. And just so much blood and guts. It's great. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And kids. And I got I got my two girls in the film. Yeah, yeah. I got my two girls oh, you in, did? in the film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So <laughs> yeah, and and a bunch of family friends and, and other kids as well. So yeah, they're in, they're in a movie and um yeah, they they met Lapita and uh, it was a great experience for the kids as well. So yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I've um I know Lapita. I've worked with her. I worked with her the first time I met her was on Black Panther, mm-hmm. and then um, on Us as well on Jordan Peele's Us. Oh yeah, right. So wow, she's great. Yeah, great. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah, she's lovely. I wanted to ask throughout, like everything that you've done, um, what 
would stand out as being the most challenging thing that you've worked on? Whether it's an entire job or just one gig, like one one setup, mm. what mm. would, you know, that had you almost pulling your hair out that you were just like, oh man, I don't know if this is going to happen. Oh, I feel like that's most gigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At some point, there's the like, oh, God, I can't do this. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah just, totally. Just, just point to our credit list and we'll probably be like, yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah, um, oh, yeah. It's kind of refreshing to hear and to know because I think oh, so yeah. many people can just be like, oh, no, you know, it, was, it, it wasn't that hard. It was fine. And it's just, I, you know, I think Damien and I are like, yeah, if it's not hard, we're not doing it right. We're always pushing yeah. ourselves yeah. to try something yeah. new. And then often, often we're our own worst enemy. Like we've got, uh, we've got an incredibly high standard. I don't think we're ever really happy with what we do. So we're always pushing, ah, oh, it could be better, that could be better. Let's just, and, and you almost, you know, at the end of it, it's like, oh, man, you know, you're always striving for something. And I think trying to make, you know, try and come up with something that's that's better than the last time you did it. And um, mm. so, so there's a pressure on us that we put on ourselves that uh, yeah. makes makes most things hard. Um, mm. Even if it's seemingly simple, it you know, it's like, oh, okay, we can make that better and that's going to be harder to, to apply. But you know what? That That's going to look better if that piece is a bit soft, a bit bigger, whatever it might be. But I think um, personally for me, last year there was a couple of projects, Invisible Man being one of them, and Penguin and Bloom. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we worked on as well, which is a beautiful little um, Aussie story that's that's not out yet, and can't really talk about that. But there is, um, you know, it's based yeah. on a true story with magpie, a magpie um, that uh, helps a, a family um, get through a personal tragedy. And so there was, yeah, bird puppets and things like that, and and oh, just wow. that we had both those projects on at the same time, and so equally tricky. Yeah. Uh, uh, for all the reasons I talked about with the, with the suit, you know, just tiling mm-hmm. perfectly, you know, sh- shapes just tiled over a body and, and removing buckles and things from the suit and then also just miniature little animatronic puppets of, of an animal like a bird, which is just perfect. So perfect. It's so <laughs> – birds are the, the hardest thing to make, I think. And um, Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they've just every these are tiny feathers, every and wings. Yeah. Wings are just like yeah. insane. And then if you really study Very birds, complex. which we we did, they are such complex creatures. You know, there's uh, they have so many little movements going on, and they're so perfect. Mm. So many different levels of feathers and fluff, and um, uh, you know, just just a wing, just one wing. You pull out the wing and have all the feathers sort of perfectly, the flight feathers and the feathers behind that. They all slide over the top of each other, and yeah. just trying to recreate nature to the, and on that level is yeah, just, and like prehistoric impossible. nature. Those exactly things have been around yeah. forever. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, evolved over millennia. Yeah, I was just thinking, right. like this morning, we were talking about that that um, the Hobbit job uh we did oh, this yeah. thing years ago recreating the um uh homo floriensis which is small small other hominid that they found um in indonesia and we mm-hmm. worked on a, a documentary sort of doing a makeup version of what it might have looked like yeah. and and so that was difficult but at the same time we decided that it was time to transition to silicon appliances and that mm-hmm. <laughs> that learning curve <laughs> Not only are we trying to recreate this, you know, um, this this, this um, creature, but, but we're going to make it hard for ourselves and transition to a new material and workflow at the same time, and just 
those sort of leaps that you have to make, you know, in order to innovate and keep up. Yeah. But um, there's that terrifying moment where you don't know if you're going to get to the other side, you know. That's right. <laughs> and it'd be worth mentioning it wasn't uh, just the silicon makeup, it was a full body. Oh, silicon full body. body. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys just jump right in. Yes, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Both boots. Full tilt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh not, let's not do it by halves but i think you kind of that's that's it's rad, radical change that um that sort of sticks and and makes you do it you know if you don't yeah take that that leap you know you don't innovate and move ahead and were you learning off someone at that point in time like somebody had already worked doing the silicon and you were getting pointers from them or were you guys just completely there was sort of multiple workflows around then i think from mm. memory. This, yeah. is a, this is a while ago. I think this, this is a long like time ago. 15 years ago yeah. or something. So it's yeah. early, early, early doors in terms of the big silicon stuff. But yeah, I mean, uh, not, I mean, kind of, but not really. I mean, we sort of tend to just experiment with and play around with things here and try and make it work. And have you got anything else that hasn't come out yet that's in the pipeline for us to look out for? Um, we're, we're currently working on a Netflix series that we can't really chat about. Um, mm-hmm. But that's gonna. That's been something we've been discussing with the production for actually since Alien. We, I remember on Alien we had the first meeting with them. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really exciting. There's a it's a series. It's based on the children's books, and um, it's just a bunch of different. Cre- every episode has a different creature in it, and um, so we're really super excited about that. And we were designing for the second half of last year, and then we got into the pre actually building things in January. So we got a got a bit of a start on it. Oh, sorry, it was more like February, but then um, yeah. then the whole COVID thing happens. So yeah, extraction just came out. Oh yeah, what did you guys do in extraction? Didn't that that's like the biggest watched film on Netflix currently, yeah, isn't we it? Just yeah. Heard. That yeah. cool. <laughs> Lockdown's good for viewing. Um, yeah, we just did, we did the press. <laughs> prosthetics on that so some bodies and some um stunt bodies and, and prosthetic scars and a couple of wound things scars and wounds okay. and dummies was it yeah. shot in australia dummies. yeah no it was shot in um india and thailand so how did you guys get involved with that matteo silvi who does chris hemsworth's makeup uh-huh. made contact when when they oh, did cool. that we, yeah some work years ago when he was working with leslie vanderwalt on um uh one of baz's which one was it? it? Was the Gatsby? Oh yeah, Gatsby. Yeah, we did some some wounds for them on that, and um, yeah, he just made contact when when uh, when he got it. And so yeah, that's very cool. How often are you guys doing more than one project at a time? It, it depends, but I mean, well, that that particular that was a yeah, a couple. It's just come out now, but uh, I guess there is another film that's coming out. We I haven't spoke about. It's, it's it's called Fat Hope. So that that was shot over in Singapore. So we had those yeah. sort of projects overlapping. So Emily here and I went over and you know we did the pre here. It's a, it a fat suit, a huge you know fat makeup fat suit without giving too much away. But it was all shot in Singapore on location, and it was you know you know how hot it is over there. So that was a ma- actually actually come to think of it, <laughs> I'm going yeah, to put that as as my most challenging film um there How you go i'm changing my i'm changing my answer i think i blocked yeah. it out i think that's what's happening. yeah it does happen it does happen so um yeah that was like a technical uh nightmare i'm really happy and with with, with how she looked at the makeup but it was um yeah so emily and i did that over in in singapore and then colin and um 
Damien were doing Extraction, which was then called Dhaka. Uh, and so they sort of were overlapping, but there was a nice little, just enough for Emily and I to sort of come back and then they went over at the same time. And I guess to answer your question, it does happen often in a, in a yeah. good in a good year there'll be we're constantly because we we also we do commercials do a lot of commercials and, and tv shows as well so it's not just films we just like making stuff so we'll we'll take on anything that's sort of cool so yeah i mean we we're very lucky to have a good relationship with lots of production companies and and they're you know come up with some great commercial campaigns it's just like super fun i just have to interrupt you and just talk about the sloth situation because when oh, yes. carla sent me a photo of that yeah. It, I've never been so happy, I don't think. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most adorable thing I've ever seen. Yeah, you haven't seen the campaign. That's a, such a great story. Yeah, have you seen the campaign? It's, I don't think I have. Oh, it's oh, the gosh. most misguided campaign of all time. It's just terrible. <laughs> like a sloth doesn't have anything to do with what like, they're trying to get across? Or, oh, uh, it, was, it, it, was, it was stoner sloth, but like it, <laughs> everyone loves sloth, so... You're just not going to put people off pot because of a sloth. <laughs> it's just too adorable. <laughs> Drug awareness campaign. Yeah. Oh, Australia. Yeah. I, someone, I think someone just had a budget they needed to blow. It was some, yeah, it's phenomenal. And then it went viral for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> It was, it was adorable. But. Yeah. yeah, well, it was totally adorable, yeah. And, and, and we got Carla in the suit and she was very, very kindly agreed to being the stoner spot. I'm surprised. So, yeah. yeah. She did a great job. So. Yeah, but that, that's one of those that's one of those those times that you know come up with a great sort of creature um actually yeah, yeah i'm looking i mean i'm sitting in our in our studio in in the office showroom bit and there's a bunch of characters you know fuzzles animatronics like where the wild things are kind of dr Zeusy character we did and just commercials have offered us really great opportunities to come up with some really cool characters um in in quite tight turnaround so you get a, you get a few of those overlapping with the films and, and tele tele shows we're doing and yeah, yeah it's constantly yeah. overlapping and that's that's what we like <laughs> yeah 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 once again it just shows that uh, to have a strong team behind you is just so incredibly important oh absolutely that's right oh, we couldn't do it without no great great team Our family as we like to call them that's awesome. um now in your jobs i would like to know if there is one tool or product that you just could not work without well i was thinking about this i'm sure there's many there are many but i was thinking of something that we just use all the time is is platzil the platzil silicon system makes pretty mm-hmm. much all our prosthetics um, yeah. has just become a backbone product and all I yeah. get to do a lot of what we do without that little family of products and it's kind of allowed makeup effects to keep up with you know HD and camera technology and still full audiences I think that that product mm-hmm. um, and its availability is, has led that in, in in a way and and sort of enabled more people to to be able to do it so out of all the kind of effects makeups as far as anything from gore stuff to zombie to aging to creature kind of looks what do you think is the hardest across the board to kind of nail like is it when you see a an incredible aging makeup you're just like mind blown yeah. or like yes. what what is yeah. it yeah 
Yeah, so I think it's definitely hands down. I think most most artists will tell you the um, the realistic character stuff, aging or or just you know lookalike makeups uh, or yeah. a combination of both uh, are the hardest to do and the most challenging and the most rewarding as well. Um, Damien and I have always sort of have a, had a fondness and sort of build a reputation on on some, uh, on some older old age makeups and just sort of realistic old age makeups and character makeups. Yeah, and that's because you know coming from the sort of Dick Smith days, it's you know Rick Baker. That's sort of the holy grail you know and a convincing person a convincing character or aging makeup that can hold up to you know someone walking down the street is just you know we're we're all used to looking at each other you know so to fool somebody mm. to not question that that's a real old person or you know that's somebody other than they are you know not question that is the most challenging thing it's um amongst all our makeup effects nerds i think you know all the different shops around the world will you know different posts and things and you often get you know lots more likes for a lot more likes for uh, a, a shredded finger or something than you would for a, a, a nose or something that's you know so hard to do but um that's we all enjoy looking at each other's realistic stuff the most yeah well it's the subtlety and like if you don't notice it then yes. that's where the mm. magic lies if yeah. someone's looking at it and they don't know that that person is wearing pieces yeah then that's job, job done. done. Yeah, totally. Yeah. A job well done. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, hey, I also wanted to ask you guys, who would you like to hear on the podcast? <laughs> like you to track track down Rob Boteen. <laughs> There'll be like a yeah, a whole world of nerds like us. It'll be like forever, forever grateful that you are able to track him down and, and get out of him what he's doing <laughs> or what he's been doing he just retired sort of got sick of the industry and um and retired and uh, word has it he's in real estate now but yeah he was so many so many artists you know, are inspired still inspired by his work that um yeah i'd love to hear from him could, oh god yeah. this sounds like an incredible challenge that <laughs> oh <laughs> Or maybe more close to the home would be Katsuhiro Kazu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. At least I've, I've, we've met, so that's a good, I've yeah. got a good yeah, that's, start yeah, there. That's, <laughs> I'm sure you'll, you'll be easier to stalk. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for chatting, guys. It's been nice. Thank you. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Yeah. yeah, it's been great. Great fun. Thanks, Jamie. like links to see more work from odd studio go to our instagram at the last looks podcast or visit the episode notes page on our website www.thelastlookspodcast.com the last looks podcast would like to thank brett stanley and sabrina castro the song fun time by dj quads thanks for listening until next time that's a wrap people